<laughs> Thank you. Uh, what a journey. I mean, um, what a journey. It's, you know, life is a journey. It's not a, it's not a place that you end up. You know, sometimes we end up in a place we don't like. <laughs> 460 pounds wasn't necessarily my favorite place to be. Um, um, but it, you know what? I will say this. this. It did serve a purpose. And where you are in your life will serve a purpose, no matter whether, uh, you know, whether you want to be there or not. You don't have to be there. You don't have to be 460 pounds. You don't have to be in debt up to your ears. You don't have to be in a relationship that, that's, that, that's not good. You know, you may, you, you don't have to be in a good relationship that could be better. That's not, you know, I, it's, it's, there's always something better out there. You don't have to be there. You don't have to stay where you are. You can move forward in your life. But sometimes moving forward has to do with letting some things go, you know? I mean, if, if, if I am so stuck being where I'm at and I just want to be, I mean, this is where I'm comfortable, then I may not get where God needs me to be. Now, you think, you think I was in my comfort zone at the ranch uh, uh, with Jillian? Come on. I mean, uh, how many of you have seen the show? Uh-huh, yeah. I've seen Jillian's back on tonight. I'm so excited. It, tonight's the premiere of the, of the season 14. They didn't have it last fall. I, felt, I went through withdrawal, worse than when I quit smoking, you know. <laughs> no, um, it, it was... Um, I was like, number one, when Jillian quit, I had with, uh, Jillian withdrawal, and now then I had the Biggest Loser withdrawal. Um, biggest Loser is near and dear to my heart, okay? Because it is a place that stretched me further than I ever thought I could be stretched. You know, we don't realize what we're capable of, and we don't see ourselves as God sees us. See, God has this great plan for us in his, in his, in his, he, the, when he, he created us for a specific purpose. Now, I had no idea my purpose at 460 pounds, what it was going to be, but I knew that God could take anything that was meant to kill me and turn it into something that was great. And it's the same thing with every person in this room. And if any of you look around at any other person and says, and says, you know what, I'm going to read something real quick. I haven't done this, but um, this will this will answer it. Um, these are two books that I, I, I wrote this book um, um, in a couple about a year and a half ago, and uh, and we just republished it uh, um, recently. And it's called "Lose Your Quit," um, and I'm going to talk about that today because no matter what you do, and when God, you know, to get to the purpose that God has fulfilled for your life, you're going to have to decide not to give up. You're going to have to decide to lose your quit. Um, and I'll take you through some of this, but um, this book is is also. Um, uh, Darcy and I just released it last month, and um, this, this little woman in Tennessee, um, I was in a pastor's house, and I was telling my story. I, I showed him that video. I showed, I showed a, a pastor this video, and, and he flipped out. He just was like, uh, we were in a Mexican food restaurant, and I, show, and I wasn't eating too many chips. So, <laughs> hey, uh, I still eat Mexican food every now and then, uh, just not every day. Um, but, but I showed him on my laptop, and he totally freaked out. He, just, he was just like, because he'd never seen me before. And when you see that first picture, that when I'm saying, I'll predict I'll be the biggest loser ever on your show, which, by the way, came true. To this date, I'm still the biggest loser ever on the show. But I had inside information. Thank you. I had inside information. God told me it was going to happen. And that's in here, too. But... Um, we were in his, in, his, in his house, and I told uh, a little bit about the story and told him 
some things that, some reasons why I wanted to get on the show, some of the stuff you're going to hear today. And then, um, and then my wife stood up because uh, 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 the pastor said, we want to hear from you, Darcy. How did you deal with being married to this, guy, this addict, this guy? I mean, food wasn't the first thing I was addicted to. I've been addicted to, I've been addicted to smoking and, and to gambling and in, a, in a serious way. Um, and, and I put my family through a lot of stuff um, that, that they didn't deserve. And um, so we want to hear from you. So she stood up and told her side of the story for about three minutes. And this little lady in the back said, you need to write a book. And I said, well, I'm, right, I'm working on that. And it was the <laughs> loser quit. She goes, no, 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 not you. You, you need to write a book, both of you do, about her side of the story too and your side of the story and what caused all this and how she put up with you, pretty much what she said. And, and I went, well, thank you for that piece of advice. And then the guy, uh, pastor, leans over to me and goes, you ought to listen to her. She sold 18 million books. And I went, who is that woman? And it was Stormy O'Mardian who wrote Power of a Praying Wife and that, that series. And she actually wrote the foreword to this book because I said it took me a year and a half to get Darcy to, to, to agree to writing the book. Because it is pretty painful. I mean, it was like getting squeezed through a knot hole and end up on the other side of a fence. The healing was good, kind of like The Biggest Loser. I mean, you go to The Biggest Loser and you have to stretch yourself and squeeze yourself through this knot hole, but the other side is so great. It's like climbing this wall where you get your knuckles all bloody and it's, it's horrible while you're doing it, but what's on the other side is so great what God has for you. It's not funny. And we're all dealing with some issue like that in our life. Every person in here is. And um, so I told her, I said, you're writing the forward if you told her, you know, since you made us write this book, you're writing the forward. And the, trust me, if I do run for president uh, ever, um, this all in here. They, they can't dig up any more dirt on me. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to, you know, I, I'm trying to live right now, so not like I always was. But I want to read you just the first part of this because this is, uh, this is, kind, of, um, this is kind of part of it. Do you ever look around you and notice those people who seem to always have it together? Yeah, I do. They look, like, they look good. They never stop smiling. They coach their kids' team. They're involved in something important in the community. They seem like they really know what life's all about. And that's why their lives are great. Their marriage is great. Their kids are great. They love their jobs. They drive the best cars. They live in a nice home. They're the all-American family, happy and successful. But we don't believe that for one minute. And if you do, you've you, you got another thing coming. Every single person in this room and every person you're going to meet when you walk out of church is going to have some issue they're struggling with. The only difference they might, that, that my, they might have than me at 460 pounds was you could see my problem. My problem was on the outside of me. The internal issues that were driving me crazy and killing me inside just appeared externally for everybody to see. But I know that every person in here has some kind of a lost dream, has some kind of hurt has some kind of thing they're struggling with that the rest of us just can't see. But there is good news. And I'll tell you what the good news is, is that God can restore it. He can restore that dream. He can restore your life. He can restore your, your passion for, for life. He can restore your marriage. He can restore your relationship. He can pull you out of that addiction. And you, it can all happen in, in less time than it took you to get in the mess you're in. Because it took me 17 years to get up to 460 pounds, and it took me three, six months, three weeks, and five days to take it all off again. Six months, three weeks, and five days to take 239 pounds off. So God can restore your dreams a lot quicker than it took you to lose them. And I know that some of you in here have had dreams and passions and, and things you wanted to do. I always wanted to do this. I always wanted to do that. You know? But when we're a kid, anything's possible. I want to be president. 
And then you grow up and go, well, I could never be president. There's only one person president every four years. I mean, there's only been how many presidents since the country's been? What's the, what, what is the chance of, well, what's the chance of me being the biggest loser ever? There's only one of them. And you're looking at it. And you know why? It's because of God's miracle. And if you don't think it's possible, you're sitting in your chair for a specific reason today. Every decision you made in your life, every single decision that you've made since the day you were born, and you made decisions when you were born, you just don't even remember, don't even know what they were. Hey, I need mom, I'm going to cry. We just don't realize what's going on. We did. Every decision has led you to where you are today at this very moment. And I believe that God did it for a purpose. I believe there's something in your life that you are ready to turn around. Something. Well, okay, after all that, <laughs> I want to read a scripture to start. And um, this will be proof positive that when people are on their phone, sometimes they're actually doing something constructive. Um, I do have Facebook on here, you know. And, uh, and I did have Angry Birds. I had to take it off. It's way too, way too addictive. <laughs> so when I, whenever I pull this out, it's going, you know, you know those, everybody knows that sound. <laughs> okay. This is, uh, this is Philippians 3, 12 through 16. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what's ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Listen, that is, Darcy and I were, were, were in the hotel room last night before we came to speak. And I, didn't, I honestly didn't know what I was going to speak on. And we were just, doing what we do. We just, we just pray to God and we just, we just talk to each other. You know, God put us together for a reason. Sometimes it doesn't seem that way. <laughs> Sometimes we're like, why did God put me with you? I mean, and, she, and I'm talking about her. She, she's like, why did God put me with a 460-pound Danny? You know what I mean? I mean, really, she met me at 175 pounds and thought, this guy can do anything. And then she's looking at her husband and I'm 460. I'm addicted to gambling. I'm, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a slob. I'm angry. And I'm unhappy, and she's going, where is that guy that I married? Sometimes we wonder. But I'm going to tell you, God put her with me for a total reason, because I would not be standing here if she were not sitting there. I promise you that. I promise you that. And I gave her every reason to walk out on me, and she chose not to. She chose not to. We were sitting, and we didn't know what we were talking about, and God gave us that scripture. And I went, oh, that's it. That's it. We're doing this. And that's what I want to do. I wanted to read you that scripture. And I wanted, then I wanted to talk to you about my biggest loser story and the story of our life and our marriage and, and the things that we've come through because that is, this, that is the scripture. The scripture like goes hand in hand with that. That's the way the word happens. If you ever read it and you get it in your heart and you, and you think on these things and you, and you ponder them, which 
Ponder was the quarterback that didn't play last night, and that's why Green Bay won. Isn't that right? That's what I said. You know what? It's, it, that was a God thing because I don't get Green Bay announcements, you know, on my ESPN thing, and then all of a sudden my phone went on the way to church, and I said, oh, Ponder's not playing tonight, you know, or something. And, uh, and uh, I said, well, that's a good thing, you know. But, uh, hey, I like the Packers too, you know. In fact, my sister's the biggest cheese head. She's sitting in Oklahoma, uh, the biggest, you know, had, had actually bought one of those things, you know, and wears it when she watches the Packers. So I can say that I, that I have ties here, right? <laughs> but anyway, it, it, it is. Um, our, our life is no different than your life. And, and Pastor and I were talking on the way from the airport that how the enemy works. The enemy doesn't, uh, the enemy has schemes. He, he doesn't like, a, it's, it's kind of like these trip wires, you know, like you're walking through, you know, these kids like to play these games, these black ops games and all these uh, uh, army games, you know. Well, they have, you know, in the, in the army they have these trip wires. They have these, these, these things where you trip, a, you trip a wire and something happens. That's the way the enemy works. There's, there's, there's little hidden things out there that he uses. And what he does is he, he, he doesn't yell at you right, in the, right, right smack dab in your face, you know. Go gamble all your money away. He goes, oh, you could do that, you could win, you know. Just a little whisper. It's not a big, giant, loud voice usually, you know. People think that the, 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 that the devil uh, will, will, will walk around and be roaring like loud as could be. No, he wants to be indiscreet in your life. He wants to sneak in. Because that's how he's sneaky. He's a liar and he's sneaky. And he, and he did that in, in our life together. And in my life especially. Dozens of times. And that's how I ended up where I was. 460 pounds. All my dreams are dead. I'm doing what my father did, which is survey land, which I love. I'm a, I, I still love land surveying. I don't practice it any Well, actually, I do because I just did a survey the other week, a couple of weeks ago, one that I'd already done and, and I had to update it. And it brought back memories of why I don't want to do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I was doing what I wasn't born to do. God put a dream in my heart. When I was 16 years old, God touched me with music. Literally, it was so obvious that it was God. It was, it, it was, it was outlandish. I, I never had played an instrument in my life. I mean, I learned to play harmonica at 10, and I could always sing on pitch and, uh, most of the time. <laughs> and uh, and um, you sing the specials at school and, and, and grade school and things, but I never really put two and two together. Those were just little hints until I decided I wanted to be in a band. And I, and I, and I bought a guitar, a, a bass, and three months later, I played my school dance, never even took a lesson. Now, if that's not a God thing, I don't know what is. Um, and, and I had these dreams. I just, that was what I, this is what I'm born to do. Have you ever said that? Oh, this is awesome. I love this because I love it. I'm pretty good at it. And it's, it's just, it just fuels me. It makes me, makes me excited. Yet I was walking every day into a surveying office that did not make me excited. You know what made me excited? The people there. And you know what? At the end of the day, all of the workers would end up in my office. They would. Because I love people. I love talking. Well, I love talking. Uh, sometimes that's not a great thing. My wife would be over there going, cut it, cut it, you know. And I'm going, I got more to say. You said enough, you know. No. Uh, but really, the people would end up in my office, and I loved to see the people. So I didn't like going and doing the work so much. It was what I had to do to pay the bills, which is fine. Sometimes God gives you that, something that will pay the bills, and that's a blessing. But it wasn't my passion. I didn't get excited about surveying. Not anymore. There was a time when I went out in the field and I got excited about it, you know. And I had a, great, a lot of great memories. From nine years old, I started going out in the field with my dad. 
A lot of great memories with him. But I'm telling you, four years ago, I did not get up and go, I get to go survey today. Yeah, get to go manage six surveying crews, deal with all that stress, answer all those phone calls and do all this stuff I got to do. Now, you know what? There are others that that really does excite. It wasn't my dream. My dream was a guitar. My dream was a bass. My dream was communicating with people, making people happy, making people leave their problems behind and come to a better place. That was my purpose and my passion. That's what I dreamt of doing. Yet, four years ago, I, I, I no longer did that, the man on the moon. I mean, I was no closer to that than being in Mar- on Mars. <coughs> you know? I had lost everything. I had lost my passion, everything. In fact, I let it get so bad that I wouldn't even get out of my chair very often because it did hurt. It hurt. And trust me, if I sat in one of these chairs, it would have got up with me because those chairs, those, those arms would have hugged right on and I'd have walked around with a chair on me. Um, uh, chairs, uh, chairs, you know, let me just tell you what happened with a chair one time. <laughs> yeah, co-workers of mine at the surveying company, we, uh, we went down to, to eat at a, at a place and, and they had the tables and we all sat in the chairs. And usually when I sat in the chair, I very lightly sat down and I kind of just sat there like, you know, put most of my, it was like doing squats. I actually had pretty good legs back when I was 460 pounds because I was afraid if I put all of my weight on the chairs uh, that, that it wasn't going to last. Well, this day we ordered our food and we all sat down to eat, uh, five, four of my coworkers and me. And then all of a sudden this, this strange noise started happening and literally two of the legs on the chair broke. It completely disintegrated, I mean, disintegrated, I mean like it was in 12 pieces. And I went boom and hit the floor and it, I hit it hard. It really hurt. And the place, the whole restaurant went silent and looked at me. All except for one thing. The owner of the restaurant was running across the room going, are you okay? Are you okay? And he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't very happy about it. He was scared, afraid he was going to get sued, okay? But I can promise you, if, if, if I would have taken him to court, all he had to do was show the chair and show me and go, eh, 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 that's not made to hold him, you know, because he would have won that, that case. But my friends, they laughed. Now, that's okay. I mean, who can blame him? I'm the guy who watches, you ever watch Hunt Funniest Home Videos? Now, tell me, is it not funny? I mean, if I walked up about three more steps, you know, and, and whew, you know, okay, at first you'd go, is he okay? And then when I was, you'd go, that was great, you know. I did it. I mean, I remember watching Ronnie Millsap in concert. That guy was awesome. And, uh, and he would play that piano man, and, you know, he's blind, and he would, he would take that microphone, and he would start running up to the stage, and he would, he would go, and he would, and, and everybody would go, and he would, boom, stop right then. I mean, he was so good at knowing where the edge of that stage was. It was awesome. Um, uh, but it's funny. I mean, you, you kind of, you kind of part of you like rubberneck because you want to see somebody fall. And so when I fell down and they laughed, I forgave them. It's okay. So if I do that, I give you permission to laugh after you make sure I'm okay. Okay. All right. Chairs and me were not very good friends. I loved him because I loved to sit down. The reason I loved to sit down was because I couldn't stand up. Think about that. Think about the things we take for granted. Think about breathing. My father died last year of COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, from years of smoking. And I, we, we pretty much, I mean, think, I mean, and he, he used to tell me, you know, it's like breathing through a, a, a straw. 
And you, you may imagine, I'm standing here breathing and I'm taking it for granted. Well, guess what? I'm standing on this stage and at times I take it for granted. Because when I was 460 pounds, I wouldn't stand this long. It hurt. L sleeping in a bed, how great is that? I didn't know what that felt like for four and a half years. Because I slept in a recliner next to my wife because I couldn't lay flat on my back. Because I had such bad sleep apnea that I couldn't breathe. That my oxygen level would fall below 50%. Which the doctor was like, oh my gosh. In fact, when I went in to take the sleep apnea test, I'm sitting up, and she said, I'll be right back. And she stuck all this stuff on me, you know. They stick all these little nodes on me. <clears throat> and she walked out of the room and walked back in, and I was going, <laughs> and she said, she woke me up, and, and, she, and she goes, oh, you got it. We don't even need, but we have to take the test from insurance, but you're going to get it, like, for sure, because you're, like, bad, you know. And I was. I was in such a bad place. And how bad of a place is it to be 460 pounds? A place where if you lose 100 pounds, you still have 150 to go. You ever feel like that? You ever feel like that in your business or your marriage or your, or your finances or, your, or, or, or whatever it is or your dreams? Even if I took this step today, what would it really matter because it's so far away? It's not funny. Well, I felt like that. I feel like that times in my life now. And I have to remember some things. I have to remember what God said in that, in that verse. And let's talk about them. On The Biggest Loser, um, <clears throat> each week we would all go there, 16 of us were on season 8, and um, they were great people. I mean, I dedicated, uh, I dedicated that first book, Lose Your Quit, to them, partially because they were, they, without them I would not be here. I have no doubt without them. And without the people around you, good and bad, people that rub you the wrong way, there's a purpose in that. People that rub you the right way, there's a person in that. There's a purpose in that. People that support you, there's a purpose in that. The people that, there is a purpose for everything that comes into your life. They all had a purpose in my life. And when I went there, we all worked together, but we were all competing. It was an odd thing. We all wanted each other to succeed, but we all wanted to win. I mean, come on, there's $250,000 at stake here. And after I gambled ourselves into so much debt we couldn't even see straight, I would have given anything for $1,000. Because I needed it for my family. More than that, I needed this weight to be under control because I was going to die. Now, if I die and the only problem is me, that's my business, right? But have you ever sat and thought about who you are? Yeah, I'm Danny. Think about this. Who you are. I'm Danny. Well, I'm Darcy's husband. I'm Mary's father. I'm David's father. I'm Kathy's brother, I'm Charlotte's brother, I'm Sandra's son. I could go on and on for hours. So many people depend on you, it's not funny, much less you. And guess who else is depending on you? God, to fulfill the purpose that he has put in your life. Because he has, every single person in here has a purpose. There's not a single one of you that are worthless. If you don't believe me, you need to, look, you need to close your eyes and picture Jesus on the cross. Because he died for you. Not for just me, for you, for every one of us. And he did it for a purpose. So you could be forgiven, so you could walk with God. And be, recon re and be reconciled with him so you can fulfill what God has for you. His plans for you are not for harm. His plans for you are not to be 460 pounds. His plans for you are not to be $100,000 in debt. His plans for you are, are a future, a good future. And it's tough to see when you're drowning. I know that. It's tough to see. When we were all in there, we were all competing, we were all working together, and it was an odd situation 
But every week there would be a challenge. And usually, like, I had watched the show before. Usually there was like a couple thousand, you know, a $10,000 prize. I watched one after I uh, was on The Biggest Loser where they were giving away not one but two cars. Now, I needed a car. I mean, I, I still drive that same truck, and I still need a car. I don't know why I haven't got a new car. <laughs> it's, I, listen, I mean, the other day, you know, the Archie was like, something's wrong with the car. It won't, it won't start. It won't start. And I'm like, it's out of gas. You know? <laughs> and it really was. It was out of gas. And she, you know what? I'm going, oh, my goodness, it's out of gas. And she's like, oh, goody, then there's nothing wrong with the car. It, now, that's the two different sides of thinking, right? I'm going, oh, really? And she's going, yeah, that's awesome. We don't have to spend any money to fix it. Just get some gas, right? I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> I'm, I'm a rabbit chaser, if you didn't know. <laughs> if they, and I'm a crier. I haven't cried yet. I probably will before the day's over. Um, uh, because on the show, whenever they needed tears, you could see them uh, doing this. You know, how they had these earphones in, and they would go, uh, uh, we need tears. Get Cahill up here. You know? and, and then they would go up there, and I'd be having a great day, sit down in my chair, and they'd be interviewing me, and they'd say, so Danny... Have you thought about Mary Claire or David lately? <laughs> I mean, people don't realize we don't get telephones, we don't get internet, we don't get nothing. I don't know what. I, I hadn't had any contact with my family in, in, in three months, except for a five-minute phone call, and then a time I'm going to tell you about, and then, and then uh, the makeover where they got to actually come and see me when Tim Gunn colored my hair and dressed me up like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> He did. You got to see that sweater vest he put me in. I look just like I look just like John Goodman playing Fred Flintstone. <laughs> go back and watch that makeover episode. I think it's episode nine, and you will go. He's right. He looks just like John Goodman wearing Fred Flintstone that because I had this sweater vest that was, and it looked like you know that leopard sweater vest that he wore. Well, not quite, but so I didn't know where they were. And um, anyway, they have a challenge. You went. <laughs> I'm back to the challenge now. They're like, where is he going? Um, and there's, some, there's something you get from the challenge, okay? Now, I'm not very good at challenges. Um, normally, I, I'm really, I, I'm, just, I'm just plain horrible, um, especially on The Biggest Loser, because when you're 430 pounds, there's three other people that were heavier than me. There were a lot of, Daniel, they brought Daniel back for a second season, okay? 15 of us standing on the beach getting ready to run our first mile, and a, a limo drives up, and they go, welcome to your 16th uh, contestant. And we all turn around, and then the guy from last season Jumps out, who's lost a hundred and he lost like hundred and eighty pounds or something, or hundred and sixty pounds, and he's like, Hey! And all the other people are going, Oh my gosh, it's Daniel! And I'm going, Hey, this ain't no fair. He's been working out for a year. I mean, he's gonna whoop us. And he did, he whooped us because he was in shape. We're like all of the first day of the whole thing, I'm like, Ain't no way I'm gonna be able to run a mile. And Daniel's like, Let's go, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, so put it long story short, which is very much an oxymoron for Danny. Um, um, uh, you know, I was not good at challenges. I couldn't run. There were people faster than me. There were people stronger than me. It had to do with strength and agility and, and quickness and, and how fast can you get this done, first ones up the mountain, whatever it was. And I was terrible, okay? Okay? So we had a challenge one night, and I walked down to the beach, and there were some shovels sticking out of the sand. Everybody goes, oh, no! And I'm going, oh, yes! Why? I used to work on a paving crew. I used to have uh, boots on, and they would back up those concrete trucks, and the mud would come out. And I, this was before these nice big machines that dumped the mud in top. And it, I mean, it's like a, it's like a, it's like an automatic. I mean, this is like before microwaves, you know. I mean, I mean, think about that. You stick, you stick a cup in the water, you can, you can get, uh, you can make something in a minute. 
But back in, you know, back in the old days, we had to walk to the kitchen uphill both ways in the snow, and we had to turn on a fire and actually heat it up on a pan, you know? Now it's like, beep, 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 and the kids are like, <laughs> and they don't even know, do they? I mean, they don't even know. Well, you know, I, I used to shovel mud. I used to dig property corners. Wow, that surveying came in handy, didn't it? All that stuff I hated was going to help me here. Here's what Allison said. You're going to dig a hole in the sand. You're going to dig a treasure chest out. And there's a key inside that treasure chest. With that key, you're going to go over. And each team, I was on the black team. There were four of us digging, and there were four blue teams digging. The first team that got all their keys out and went and unlocked the four locks on the deal got whatever it was in that box. Now, we didn't know what that was. In fact, we asked what that was. They always tell you what the prize is, don't they? They didn't tell us. She goes, I'm not going to tell you what the prize is. Well, what? But I will tell you this. What's in that box will determine who stays on the ranch and who goes home. Listen, when you, I spent a year getting on that Biggest Loser. I sent in so many tapes it wasn't funny. I went crazy. In fact, I, asked the, I actually thanked the guy that cast me to The Biggest Loser. I said, thank you for changing my life and giving me that opportunity. You know, if it weren't for you making, you know, saying that Danny needs to go to the next level, I would have never gotten this opportunity. And he said, dude, you didn't leave me any choice. <laughs> because I had it in my mind, I was going to get on that show. And I drove them crazy. And if you would have gone through what I went through for that year getting on the show, not to mention, when I walked away from my wife at the airport, she said, I don't want to see you till it's over. In fact, we driving to the airport, I said, what do I do if they offer me $10,000 or a pound? Because we were broke. We had just gotten done paying off all this gambling debt I had gotten us into. What, $10,000? It's just one pound. I just work harder. And she's like, you take that $10,000. I'll kill you. She goes, your job is to stay on the ranch. Because when you're there, you're doing what God has intended you to do. You take $10,000 and come home, we're going to have issues. <laughs> you know, that might have been the breaking point for Darcy. <laughs> so I got to win this challenge because I want to stay on the ranch. I don't want to go home. So I'm digging and I'm digging and we start, and I'm going crazy digging this thing. I'm digging so fast. It, you it, it's, uh, you could have put like fast, uh, what is that, uh, uh, yakety, yakety sax thing. And I'm just going, and I'm throwing dirt all over Shay, uh, you know, and Shay's getting mad at me because I'm thinking I'm throwing it behind me, but sand, when you flip it like this on the shovel, it goes, and I'm, I'm just throwing sand everywhere. Uh, everybody's laughing at me, but I feel like, I mean, I mean, I'm doing the work here. I know how to dig. That's one thing I know how to do. And I'm going crazy. 20 minutes into this thing, I am pooped. Pooped. I mean, I am done. <laughs> you know, I'm about to turn 40. I've been 400 plus pounds for 10 years. I'm digging this thing. I'm not making any difference. And, I'm <clears throat> and I, I thought, it crept into my mind. And that voice came in my, in my ear and said, said, you ought to just quit. It's not, you, it's not worth it. It's no use. You're not making any difference. Because have you ever dug a hole in the sand? When you dig a, a shovel full out, then it gets so deep, and then it goes, and it caves in. Dig a shovel out, and it just caves in. Now, back in Oklahoma, we have what's called red clay. It's hard to dig, but I'm going to tell you, you could dig a hole this big around, 20 feet deep, and it will not cave in. That's what I'm used to. I'm digging this sand. I'm not making any progress. In fact, I was knee-deep in it, and it was just coming in covering me up. I was having to, you know, it was driving me crazy. It was making me mad. It was frustrating me. It was, I was losing my motivation because I'd been digging for 20, 25 minutes not making any difference. 
Now, how many of you have felt like that in your life? Paying off your debt. How many of you have felt like that in your life, in your marriage? I'm not going to lie to you. We both have. Read that, read that losing big book. <laughs> Six months into our marriage, we were contemplating divorce. Do you know what we did? We did exactly what I'm getting ready to tell you. Number one, we turned to God. Number one, we turned to God. We asked God to help us because we can't do it alone. That's a first step. Always know that God wants what is best for you. He wouldn't put you in any situation you can't overcome. I promise you that. But the second thing you've got to do is you've got to not give up on each other. You've got to not give up on your goals. That night when I wanted to quit, I did not quit. Why? Because I wanted to stay there. Number one, I was scared of what Darcy would do if I ended up home. <laughs> Number two, I wanted to stay there. I, so that, I had been working so hard for this. So I kept digging, and I kept digging. It looked like it was making no difference. Just like all the times in my life when I couldn't see my goal. You know, it's funny. When you run a marathon, you run 26.2 miles, right? I've run two marathons. I ran one on the show, and I ran the Boston Marathon. And let me tell you something. You only see the finish line for like a minute. I, it took me five hours and eight minutes to run Boston Marathon. And I saw the finish line for one minute. Now, if we broke that up into minutes... What is that? 305 times 60 is 300 minutes. So 308 minutes. And one 308th of the time I could see my goal, which was finishing the race. But every other minute I ran, I had to know that each step was making a difference. I had to know it. Because if you lose focus that each step makes a difference, have faith that God will if you, he'll bless it. You take a step out of the boat, he'll bless it. He'll bless it again. I might not see where, I might not see that it's making a difference, but it is. And I got to my treasure chest that night because I did not give up. I knew that I was making a difference. I knew. I just knew. And I got to my treasure chest, pulled the key out, opened the key, went back to help my other uh, uh, teammates and looked at their holes and went, holy moly, you guys are terrible diggers. <laughs> they were. They were horrible. I mean, well, I mean, okay, they were less, they were less expert diggers than I uh, Darcy says, you need to be careful with your words. They were not horrible. They were, be- they were, less, they were, they were a little less experienced. <laughs> we lost the challenge, and so it's a long story short. And I was so upset because I hadn't heard from my family in six weeks, and um, I heard what the blue team got. They got tickets home to see their family. Now, at first, I, 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 I immediately started crying. Because I hadn't seen my daughter, I hadn't seen my son, I hadn't seen my wife, I hadn't seen my dog, my Pekingese, in six weeks. I just needed to see they were okay. I wanted to see their face. And I thought, if I could just see them, if I could just see that finish line, you know, then I would know. And I would, I, and I would get re-energized and I would run. And I would uh, get my, next, my, my second wind and keep running. But I just need to see that finish line. Well, sometimes you don't get to see the finish line. And I was actually relieved after that because I was like, thank God I'm not going home because Darcy would be upset because she said she didn't want to see me until this was over. And, and what if I'd have, and, and, you know, and then on top of that, I, would, I, I don't get Bob and Jillian when I'm gone. I don't get the Biggest Loser Kitchen. You know, we fix our own. They, we, we don't get the gym. We don't get, I want to stay here because this is what God has intended me to do. I said, we, I was like, see ya. And then they go, she, Allison Sweeney goes, or you can give those tickets to the black team. And you can keep your biggest loser trainers. Keep, and that's when I went. And they did. They gave them to us. 
Now I'm thinking, I get to see my wife, but I don't get to see him. I get to see my daughter, but Jillian's not going to be there. I get, I get to see my son, but I'm going to have to drive by McDonald's. <laughs> that was a big one, you know. Uh, it wasn't quite, it wasn't McDonald's. It was more, more for me, it was like the barbecue place. I drive by the barbecue place, I'm like, it's like a bug. You know that, you know, when you bug, you see a bug going around light, it just curves in, it can't help it. It just curves in until it, bang, hits the light. When I'm driving down the street and there's a barbecue place and I can smell it, man, it's like, mm, and I just like lean, you know. I have to like, now I've learned my right arm is a little stronger than my left to get it over there back on the road. Go on by it. I don't want to deal with that. Well, I ended up going home, seeing my family, which was... God allowed me to see the finish line so I would be re-energized. It worked out, but I was really upset. Now, more importantly than that, I was so mad that night that I walked over to that hole in the sand, and at this time it was about, I ended up getting about four feet deep. I mean, it was not a treasure chest. It was as big as that piano, and I kid you not, it was like that wide. It was, I was like, what? Why did they make it so big? It was huge. I look down that hole and I go, oh my gosh, that's just like my life. I thought of the time when that, that first time the voice said, quit, quit, quit. We all get that voice in our head, quit, quit, quit. And I didn't quit. And I thought, I did that all the time. How many times did I lose 10 pounds and give up? Quit. What's the use? You know, so you lost 10 pounds, you're still 450. <sighs> yeah, you're right. I'm going to go have a burger. I, I'm telling you, I did it over and over again. In fact, I added up. I stood there looking at that hole, and I'm an analyst. I'm what's called an analyst or a, or a beaver. Uh, Gary Smalley would call you a beaver. You, we like numbers, okay? So I'm like going, okay, how many pounds did I lose over the years? And I added it up. I, I, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, I at least went on a diet three times a year. I really exercised at least one of those times. I guarantee you I lost 10 or 15 pounds two, twice a year, and I, I lost at least 30 or 40 once a year. And I added up all these years. I lost over 1,000 pounds in 15 years. 239 ain't nothing compared to 1,000 pounds. 1,000 pounds. But I kept quitting, giving up, and gaining it all back. Man. And I realized that night, looking into that hole, I said, I have done more work giving up and expended more effort giving up than if I just followed through and finished digging this hole. And I made myself a promise that night. I will never quit again. I said, when, when God tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. God told me to lose weight dozens and dozens of times. He gave me the path to lose weight. I had a gym membership the whole time I lived in Tulsa from 2001. I never used it. I never got up and walked the path. And I said, I will never quit again. Now, let me reread that scripture real quick. Not that I've already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on. I lose my quit. I'm not giving up. I'm going to the finish line no matter what. I am not going to give up. It's going to seem like it's the darkest day of my life, but right around the corner, the sun's coming up because I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up in my finances. I'm not going to give up in my marriage. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up and take another drink. I'm not going to give up and go to the casino. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to press on for what Christ Jesus has done for me. I'm going to press on into what God has. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to lose my quit to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to yet to have taken hold of it. I'm in my journey. I'm digging my hole. It's where we all are. None of you is there. We're not going to get there until we meet God. 
But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what's ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize. I lose my quit. I'm not giving up that God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. First thing you've got to do is lose your quit. You've got to not give up. You've got to know that every step matters. You've got to have faith that God knows what's good for you. You've got to have faith that God will carry you through. He will carry you. I'm telling you, half of the steps I took on the ranch probably doesn't even have a footprint because I'm going to tell you, I was on top of God's shoulders. And that week was the perfect example because when I went home, they lost the camera crew equipment. I had to travel two days on airplanes. About three and a half days, I didn't get to work out that other people got to work out. And I still lost more weight than anyone on that show that week. Even the ones that had Bob and Jillian. And so when you saw that second weigh-in when I hit a 15-pound weight loss, and I went, oh, my God, yeah. And it, that, it was true. I was literally on that scale going, I have done all I, I'm, I was crying. I've done all I can. I'm praying to God on that scale. And I said, I've done all I can. And I looked up, and I said, it's up to you. You're going to have to pluck me from this fire because I, I, I've done everything I can, and I can't do anymore. And God honored that. And, he, and I lost 15 pounds in four and a half days. That's four pounds a day. That's, that's literally impossible, right? <coughs> Nothing's impossible with God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I've got to not give up and I've got to lose my quit. That's what you've got to do. You've got to lose your quit. Another thing that you've got to do is you've got to lose your regrets. Let me tell you something. Regrets are the killer. Regrets hold you down. Regrets keep you back from what God has for your life. How many of you know that God has something over the bend for you? I mean, come on. Come on. How many of you know? Come on. I want to see hands. I want to hear it. Come on. God has a purpose for your life. And you know what? It's really hard to get there. And I mean, I, I mean what I want to do is unplug the speaker and put it on this shoulder and unplug that one and put it on this shoulder. And I, and I want to tie this one to my leg and I want to tie that, that piano to my other leg and I want to try to get where God's got me with all this stuff that I'm carrying around. It's hard. It's tough. And it's a lot harder than it needs to be. In fact, a lot of that stuff will keep you from where you need to be. In fact, if, if, if I love it so much here, and this is so comfortable for me, and I won't let go of this, I can only go this far. But if I'll let go of that, I can move further. Well, I had to go to the ranch where I got out of my comfort zone. And trust me, like I said, with Jillian on your back and Bob threatening to kill you, you are out of your comfort zone, Okay. <laughs> Much less, there wasn't no barbecue place in within miles. <laughs> and that's a good comfort zone to get out of for a while. Now, I've eaten barbecue before. Don't judge me, okay? I, I will eat in this. <laughs> but but um, you've got to let go of some things. And one of the things you've got to let go of is regret, regrets. I mentioned my gambling. Now, let me tell you, it was a bad gambling addiction. It was so bad that, um, that um, one day... I went to the racetrack. I never really gambled, and then I hadn't gone to the racetrack. Somebody said, go to the racetrack. My, my dad actually said, uh, I was reading a, that they had an anniversary, and my dad said, you ought to go. It's, it's fun. Go experience the horse races. It's neat to see the horses run and all that. Well, he didn't have, he didn't have addictive issues or gambling problems, so I go to the racetrack, and I kind of liked it. It was, it was exciting. That wasn't the problem, though. The problem was the next time I went back, and the next time I went back, and the next time, and then the real Excuse me. The real problem happened when I took $4 and I bought a ticket for a pick six at Remington Park in 1994 in November. 
And I went home, I bought the tickets, and we went home and started getting ready for a garage sale, believe it or not. We're listening to the race results on the, on the radio, and the sixth race came in, and I won. And I won $148,000 on that $4. Yeah, I heard that. It's like a rumble. Every time I say that, it's like, whoa. <laughs> it's almost, and that's what I was like. <laughs> that was easy. I mean, I'd have to work. I don't know how many, I'd have to work five or six years to make that much money. Every day going in and doing that thing. Or I could go to the track and put down $4. Oh, no. I got into an ad- a gambling addiction, an, into addiction that I could not control. Whether it's food or gambling or, or drugs or, or being right. Oh, in a marriage, that ad- addiction can kill you. I am going to be right if it kills my marriage. Or I'm going to say I'm sorry. Being right more more important than being happy? Sometimes it is. That's an addiction. Boy, I got into it, man, and I started gambling, and she had no idea. No idea. One day I went home, and um, she was laying on the bed, and uh, uh, sitting on the bed, and, and there were papers everywhere, and she had dug out all the bank statements, and she was, and she, and the look in her eye was priceless. She was so confused and mad, and she was just like, and I walked in, and my heart went, she had no idea. I had turned a $148,000 win into about a $67,000 debt yeah, without her knowledge. She was always wondering, why do we not have any money? Danny's always going, don't spend money on that. Don't do that. Don't do this. It's because I'd already gone to the track and blown the whole paycheck. Idiot. Stupid. Well, this happened on the ranch, too. I took a gamble that I didn't have to take. Ended up having to eat a cupcake. Anybody ever see that episode where you had to spin that wheel? If you didn't, you got to watch season eight. It was a great season. I'm not being biased here. It really was. (laughs) Spin that thing, and I got a cupcake, and I had to eat it. I took a gamble. I played a game that I agreed with my wife I would not play. After all, it was roulette. I'm good at that, right? How can you be good at roulette? (laughs) I got a 780-calorie cupcake I had to eat, and I was so upset. I was beating myself up about it, and Coach Moe, a guy from Kentucky, he's a, he was an elderly gentleman that was the oldest guy on the ranch, and he was so wise. And he, wa- he saw me beating myself up. He saw me just going, oh, I'm so stupid. Why did I do that? Darcy's going to kill me when this airs. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm freaking out. Not only that, the goal is to lose more weight than anybody else. I had to eat 780 calories nobody else had to eat. What do I do now? Well, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, Danny, someday you're going to have to be okay with some of the choices you make. And walked away, and I was like, it was like somebody slapped me upside the head with the truth. I did. I regretted everything. I regretted smoking, giving up my music, going into debt. I regretted being a poor role model for my kids. I regretted gaining all that weight, giving my wife a 460-pound husband when she wanted 170. I gave up. I gave up giving up my dreams. I gave up so much, and then I regretted every bit of it. And that apparently wasn't enough, because later on that day, Jillian Michaels made me her special project. <laughs> Have you seen Jillian Michaels? Now, she's not extra big and muscly and crazy, but there's something about her. It's like, it's like she has an imaginary gorilla suit on. Because when she walks into the room, you go, <gasps> and you can hear the, <laughs> and here comes Jillian, and she's like, get on treadmill! And, did, and, and tr- trust me, um, she's not nice. She is very... It's business time in there. In fact, I saw her on Dr. Oz yesterday or the, or the day before, 
And, and they were talking about this season, and she was like, oh, it's terrible. She goes, and now that I've, she goes, now I'm just so much worse than I was before when I was on the show. She goes, I just don't have time for this. You get on the treadmill or I can't help you, you know. And she's like, and I'm going, oh, I can't wait to watch this year because she's going to get, so, she said the first day she ended up with one person on her team. The rest of them had all left. So I'm excited about that. But, because um, I wanted to leave every day. <laughs> but. She, she took me into the gym, put me on the treadmill, and I'm 380 pounds, and she put it on 10, 10 miles an hour. 10 miles an hour. That might sound like nothing for some of you in-shape people. But let me tell you something. When you're 380 pounds, two miles an hour is fast, okay? <laughs> because you can only walk so far, so fast with, with, that, with all that on your back. And she had me sprinting this 10-mile-an-hour sprint. Couldn't do it. Fell off. Um, start crying. I won't do that today. <laughs> And she said, oh, Danny, and this was all in her plan. What's the matter? What's the real problem? Real problem? You put me on a 10-mile-an-hour treadmill. <laughs> She's like, no, that's not the real problem. What's the problem? And I said, I, I, said, I, I, I told her about the, the, the temptation, and I got mad, and I said, I'm, just, I'm an idiot. I've made so many mistakes in my life. I said, I'm not a, bit, I'm a good role model for my kids. I said, I don't know why I ever gave up music. I said, I feel like somebody stole my dream. You know who stole my dream? Me. And I hated myself for it. And she said, Danny, I'm going to tell you something. If you keep regretting every decision you make, you will go nowhere. You'll end up in the same place fighting the same battle every day of your life. But if you will take good decisions and you'll work with them and run with them, and you take bad decisions and you learn from them and, just, and use that, how does that serve you in your purpose? And, you know, it, 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 we're not all happy where we are. But how does this serve you in God's purpose that he's put in your heart? She told me, she said, she said, you've got to lose the regrets. Because hanging on to them are going to keep you where you are. If you want to move forward in your life, you're going to have to let some things go. And that's the first thing you've got to let go is lose your regrets. Now let me just read this one more time. Not that I've already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on, lose my quit. To take hold of, what Christ, uh, of, what, uh, of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to be taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind. Whew. Forgetting what's behind and straining toward what's ahead. Forgetting what's behind. Forget the junk of your past. Learn from it and move on. Let go of some suitcases because if you're carrying around all this baggage, you're not going to be able to go where God intends you to go. Give yourself a break and let yourself off the hook. You are a human being just like me. And as far as I know, there's only been one perfect one on the planet. And that was Jesus. And if you don't think you're worth it, you need to, like I said, close your eyes and picture Jesus up on the cross because he died for you. Lose your regrets. Move forward into what God's got for your life. Move forward. You've got to find your why, too. You have to find your reason why. Here's why. When I start something, you know, I talked about that motivation. If I saw the finish line, if I just saw the finish line, then I would have what it takes to keep going. You know what? Zig Ziglar uh, died a few weeks ago. He's a great motivational speaker, and he said something that really changed my life. He said, motivation doesn't last, but neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. I'm not kidding. You've got to stay motivated. And one thing that's going to motivate you is to find your why. Um, Jillian told me, I leaned, she leaned over to me one day on January 3rd, 2010. I didn't know what the day it was. 
because we were doing interviews for the new Biggest Loser season. She, she leaned over and said, hey, listen to this. If you find your why, you can tolerate anyhow. If you find your why, you can tolerate anyhow. I'm going to tell you something. If I didn't have a why, I wasn't going to tolerate Jillian. I'd have walked off that ranch. If I didn't have a why, I couldn't run a marathon. I had a why. Let me tell you about my why. My daughter, seven years old, she gained about 10 pounds. And when a seven-year-old gains 10 pounds, it's pretty obvious. And I started, I literally, one day she walked in. I was, pray, I was actually praying to God. I said, because I was obese as a child. I was overweight. And I said, God, don't let her don't let her get what, I felt guilty because I was like, I gave her my jeans, you know. <laughs> and I was, I was like, God, don't, don't let her, don't, don't make her struggle with this. And she walked up to me and she said, Daddy, I want to be just like you. And I went, well, that's not so bad. And then she said, but I want a belly just like yours. I want a belly just like yours. She put her arms around my belly, which she couldn't do because my stomach was 69 inches around. And you've got to imagine how my heart sunk to the floor when she said that. Let me tell you something. How good of a role model was I being to my daughter? How good of a role model was I being to my son, being 460 pounds? How good of a husband could I possibly physically be to my, to my wife? How good of, of a steward could I be with the body that God gave me? I was so mad at myself. I got up and I walked into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I, I looked at myself. And that was hard to do. That's hard to do when you're 460 pounds. Look at yourself in the mirror. Trust me. Well, that's hard to do when you just gambled your paycheck away. That's hard to do when you just messed up. It's hard to look at yourself in the mirror. But it's a must. You've got to be able to, to, to take, take ownership of where you are. I looked at myself and I said, that's it. You've got to quit doing this. You've got to do something different. You've got to be what she needs to be. You have to stand up because it's not just you at stake. It is your wife. It is your kids. It is the people that God has intended you to influence on this earth. You want influence? You want to be, have a purpose? Start with you. Start with you. I tweeted before I came out on stage. I said, Ch changing lives, starting with my own. Because in our marriage, Darcy and my marriage, I could see all the things she needed to fix. If she would only turn the lights off, our bill wouldn't be so high. If she would only do this. You know, whenever I ask her for her advice, if she would just agree with me, everything would be fine. Come on. How about if I would, if I would, how about me working on me? That'll often fix the problem because I was the problem. It wasn't anything else. It was me. And that's the day I stood up and I said, I am fixing this. I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know when, but I am fixing it and I'm starting now. That's all I knew. A few months later, um, I'm walking through the bedroom and, or walking through the living room and Darcy's watching The Biggest Loser. I said, what is that? She says, you show about losing weight. And I, and I kind of got offended because I thought they were making fun of, of, of obese people. And I'm 460 pounds. I walk on through and went back to my job. Uh, came back through the next week. She was on again. I sat down on the couch and I said, I watched it. She goes, you need to watch this because it's not, you don't judge it. It's not a bad show. It's a really good show. It's motivating and these people are changing their lives. You need to, you need to see this. I sat down and watched it and I got inspired. And then I looked at her and I said, I could do that. I said, if I did that, I couldn't run away from myself anymore. I couldn't run away from my problems. And I said, I'm, I'm, I, I used to feel challenged. I used to be an athlete. I need that. That's what I need. I'm going to do this. She said, really? Okay. I went in and downloaded the application, but I didn't fill it out. Sat on the deal. The next week, I watched it again. And she said, had you filled out the application? I said, well, no, I downloaded it. She said, oh, okay. 
So I went in there and I filled out that application. Sent it in. Didn't get a word back. That was season six. Season seven came along. We started watching it again. Or season six was on. I watched a few episodes and I said, I'm going to try out for season seven now. So I went and got a tape and I made a video and did all, sent all this in. Five tapes with five people. I made every tape crazier than the last. I mean, I was thinking, I'm going to make them notice me, you know, because it's hard to get noticed in a world like it is today. And so I was going to be as crazy as I could. I started playing music, doing raps, and you should see, you see this guy do a rap. You see, oh, my gosh, give me a break. That probably went, Yo, what's it? turn it off, get it out of there. You know, he's off, you know. But I didn't make season seven. I was devastated. Um, and I almost didn't try for season eight, but something happened. Something happened. Um, I looked at a picture of me playing music with Donnie Osmond. I had a, I have a picture of me playing bass. It's in, it's in the Lose Your Quit book. Uh, and Donnie Osmond's playing piano, and I was playing bass for Donnie Osmond. And I was sitting in my office, and I said, why aren't I doing that? That's my purpose. That's what I'm supposed to be doing is performing and, and making people happy and getting people to move forward in their life. Why aren't I doing that? And my friend Glenn said, I don't know. Why aren't you? He walked out of my office. And I said, that's it. I tweeted it on my Facebook. I said, I am trying out for the biggest loser again. And I did. And I got on and I won. Now, the story behind the story is I left, for the, air, left the airport with Darcy standing there and I went to the ranch. I came back from the ranch 142 pounds lighter. And then she bothered to tell me, you know, my, my, my prayer group's been praying for you to get on the biggest loser for two years. Why didn't you tell me? She didn't even tell me when I got on. She said, because this is a God thing. It ain't my, I ain't going to mess it up. God has a plan for your life. You don't always know what it is. You don't always know what it is. But I know Genesis 50-20 applies to every soul in this room. It's the scripture that God gave me when I was losing my hope. Genesis 50-20 says, you meant to harm me. This is when Joseph uh, is talking to his brothers who tried to kill him and sell him into slavery and throw him in a pit and all that stuff. He said, you meant to harm me, but don't worry. God meant it for a different purpose, for what's happening now, the saving of many lives. He was handing out the food in a famine. But first he had to go to jail. He had to be thrown in a pit. He had to be sold into slavery. He had, had, he had to endure uh, false accusations of, of, uh, of uh, uh, you know, with the, with the queen or whatever it was. I'm telling you, he had to go through a lot to fulfill God's purpose for his life. We all have to go through a lot. A lot of it's not our fault. Some of it is. But you have to lose your quid. You have to lose your regrets. You have to find your why. And you have to move into your future. I'm going to tell you that. Every day I wanted to quit on that treadmill and The Biggest Loser. And it was about a thousand times a day I wanted to quit. I pictured my daughter saying, I want to be just like you, Daddy. I pictured my son saying, I cannot wait to ride a roller coaster with you when this is done. I pictured my wife just saying, thank God you're going to be able to sleep with me in a bed again. And I'm not going to lose you and have to raise these children alone. Find your why. God has a purpose for your life. I'm going to play a song real quick because music is uh, a big part of this. And um, I'm sorry if I'm keeping you a little later than normal. But uh, I, I tend to talk a lot. Did I say that? I said that earlier, didn't I? God spoke to me one day about two years before The Biggest Loser. And I had given up music. When I asked Mary, Darcy to marry me, I gave it up. You know. When I said, I was looking good, feeling good, I, felt, I was a rock star. I felt like I had this purpose and passion. And somebody stole my dream, and the somebody was me. Because I listened to those lies the enemy told me. You can't play music and raise a family. Well, I was sitting back in the uh, 
sitting back in the, I played praise and worship on the, on the stage, went back into the choir room, and God spoke to me just as clear as a bell and said, why aren't you doing what I've asked you to do? And I said, well, I am. I'm playing praise and worship. I'm, I'm working my job, supporting my family. I'm, you know. And then I thought, is he talking about the weight? Because I was still 460 pounds. And he said, no, I'm talking about writing songs. He goes, you used to write four or five songs a week. It's been 12 years since you've written a song. That's what I felt. I walked over to the piano and I just and and I and I and I, play, and I played these chords and then this all this started flowing and this started coming to me and God gave me back my dream in an instant, just like you can you can give back your dream, and this is the song I wrote. puts a dream in your heart, it never goes away. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> if, God, if God puts a dream in your heart, it never goes away. You have to hide, you have to hide his word in your heart to support that dream that you have in your, in your life. To support that purpose, to support that, that faith that you need to get through the, 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 the struggle that you're going through. Because we're all going through the struggle. I don't believe it for one minute. That's the most important line of that whole book. We don't believe it for one minute. Because we know what we're going through. And I know what you're going through. I don't know what it is, but I know you're going through something. Now, I wrote a song on the ranch. This is how God intends, intends your purpose to affect other people. Um... um I, 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 didn't, I, went, I got on The Biggest Loser. I started focusing my attention on The Biggest Loser so I didn't write another song. When I got to the ranch, I didn't have my guitar because um, they wanted to charge me $125 to put it on a plane. Um, and I, could, I could, literally couldn't afford it. So I went to the ranch, and then we went through our first week of workouts, and we were all dying. And, you know, but I was watching Shay climb up the, the, the Jacob's Ladder, Jillian, and she left, walked out of the gym. We were all freaking out. She came back in, and she got on the ladder, and she climbed up the ladder, 476 pounds, Shay. I watched Abby come to this biggest loser uh, who had lost her entire family, a head-on collision with a drunk driver, lost her two-week-old two baby boy, six-year-old girl and her husband, uh, in one instant, 
I, I watched Amanda, who had never been told by a, uh, any kind of a man that she was pretty, that she didn't even get to go to her prom. I watched, I watched, I watched person after, I watched story after, this is why I know you have a story. Every one of you got a story, because story after story after story after story walk through that door and go through that gym and achieve what they never thought they could. And they had it inside them all along to stand up and do it. And you have it inside you today to do it. And I didn't know that they were going to call the season Second Chances when I wrote this song. Because I called, I had them call my wife and say, send Danny his guitar. And she mailed my guitar to me. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm running way over. This is the last thing I'm doing here. But, um, but uh, I wrote this song. And it's called Second Chance. And I think it's a God thing that it was the name of the series. Uh, in fact, it's a God thing they played it on the series. They let me play it to the other contestants because I wrote it about them. I wrote it about my life and about them. I wrote it about our stories and about how we just needed to stand up and start walking the path that God had given us. And I'm going to tell you, when I played it for them, they cried. I'm not asking you to cry, but, <laughs> but listen to the words. Just a dream put on the shelf It's just a thought you put away But you were lying to yourself Living day to day Take your heart and wake it up Get yourself back in the race Go and win the silver cup Show the world your face Cause you can do it There ain't nothing to second chance of staring you in the face it's right in front of you and you have a choice you have a choice today you have a choice to walk out of here and be the same and say 
let it pass you by. You have a choice to make a difference. You have a choice to do something different. Albert Einstein said to do the same thing over and over again, expect different results, is, is insanity. So let's, let's, get some, let's, let's get the insanity out of our head, losing our insaneness, you know, and, and, and start doing something different. You have it in you to do whatever you want to do. God gave it to you. God instilled it in your heart, in your mind, in your body, in your soul, in your spirit. You are lights to the world. You are not <coughs> failures. Let's get that belief right out of our head. I, I'm, I am so glad to, be come, to come and share this with you, and I'm so glad that you came to hear it, and I hope I didn't talk your ear off too much. <laughs> There's people going, man, what is he doing here, man? No, uh, but, but thank you, and I'm going to be outside with the books, and, and I'll answer any questions you have. And, um, and just for your information, if you were wondering if Jillian really is that crazy, she's about twice as crazy as you think she is. <laughs> she's, she's intense, and, 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 but I love her because you know why? Because she has a heart for people. And, and I have a heart for you. I really do. I want every one of you to, to, to remember, to get that, to, to think about that dream that you have in your heart, to think about that struggle you're going through and know it's okay. It's going to be all right because God doesn't give you nothing that you can't overcome. I promise you that. Thanks. Thanks, Pastor. Thank you, Danny. Man, did you guys enjoy Danny Cahill coming out? Can you let him know we appreciate him? Can you tell him that? We're so honored to be able to have Danny and his wife Darcy with us, coming all the way from Tulsa to share this word of inspiration with us. And I know everybody's at different points in life. Everybody's in different places. But there's one thing that I want to talk to you about right before we go, and that's as we've been talking about second chances, as we've been talking about making our lives new, as we've been talking about stepping out and doing something. Let me tell you, today is the perfect day for you to step out in your life and make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. And maybe you're in this place and you've never done that. So I'm going to ask you to just bow your head for just a minute. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come down. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. If you're here in this place and you say, Pastor Derek, I need to make Jesus Christ my personal Lord and Savior. I, I, I've been trying to figure all this out on my own. I'm ready to let go. And I'm ready to give God control of my life. And if that's you in this place, I just want you to let me know that you're here. While everybody's got their heads bowed, just by simply raising your hand and putting it back down. Is there anybody in this place? I see that hand. I see that hand. There's hands up all over this room. You can put those hands down. It's all right. We're not here to judge you. God loves you. God welcomes you. He says, come as you are come as you are. This isn't something that we're trying to, trying to uh, hurt or, or try to bring anything out in you other than the fact that we need God. We all need God because we all are in places in our lives where we need Him. Every day, not just on Sunday. So I want you to pray with me. If everybody in this place would just repeat these words after me, if you would help us out. Say, Dear Jesus, I give you my heart today. I'm walking into my second chance. I'm going to let you make all things new. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to make me right with God. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for making me right. I accept that forgiveness. And I accept that grace. And I'm going to rest in that. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Folks, we've got to rest in that grace. We've got to rest in that love.